Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are locked on Jets. Your daily podcast on the New York Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It is Tuesday, July 25th, 2017, and this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you for joining us today. You can now catch this show on Spotify in addition to iTunes, Audio Boom, and some other venues. Well, we are just a few days from the start of training camp. Yes, we are going to do it all again, have another season of Jets football. And the first step is just a few days from now when the players report to camp. Clearly, there's not a lot of positivity heading in the Jets' direction uh, from the media. Today, we're going to show you some positivity, though. I'm going to name you some guys that I think have a good chance of exceeding expectations for this football team this year. Now, obviously, not much is expected of the Jets. And to be perfectly honest, I think... All signs point to this being a rough year for the Jets, and I think there have been some indications that even the Jets realize that they're probably in for a rough year, and they are viewing it as the first step in a process that hopefully will turn them into a consistent winner. We've seen them at square one plenty in recent years. This is the latest attempt at starting from scratch, but... I'm going to tell you three guys who I think have a chance of exceeding expectations. Now, expectations are always a tricky thing. I think in this day and age when you've got so many people covering the team in so many different venues, so many smart fans, knowledgeable, and so many ways to be informed, whether it be through traditional media sources, through internet forums, internet writers, or podcasts like this, statistical websites like Football Outsiders and Pro Football Focus, in-depth places where you can find information on the team. It's always a little tricky when you talk about how somebody's overrated or somebody's underrated. And it's always tricky to talk about expectations because these things tend to be all over the map. I think for almost any player, you can find somebody who overrates that player wildly, somebody who underrates that player wildly. And you can say the same for expectations, where there are certain guys who... You can find somebody who thinks this guy is going to be a pro bowler, certain guys who thinks the guy is going to be a total scrub. So these opinions are all, all over the map. So I'm going based on the consensus from what I gather from people that I've heard when, when I talk about expectations. So I'm going to name you one guy on offense, one guy on defense, and one guy on special teams. And the guy who I think has a real chance to exceed expectations on offense is somebody who plays a position that the Jets have not gotten much production from recent seasons. And that, of course, is the tight end position. I bet you could guess that uh, without me telling you it's the tight end position. And the guy I'm looking at is Austin Safarian Jenkins. Now, Safarian Jenkins has told you that he's lost quite a bit of weight over the course of the offseason. And... This is a guy, that's that's a story you hear frequently, is the guy who's coming into camp in the best shape of his career. And 
more often than not, it really does not make a difference. Um, but I think Safarian Jenkins is a different case from your typical uh, best shape of his career guy, because if you listen to him, it sounds like he's made some genuine lifestyle changes. Of course, he ended up on the Jets because he got into some off-field trouble in Tampa Bay, and if you listen to him, it sounds like it made him really reassess his life, how he did things, and he's talked about, he's been open about how he's given up drinking, how he's focused on getting himself into shape, about how the lifestyle he used to lead did not lead to him being in the best condition in terms of being able to get himself into shape or in terms of preparation. So this is a guy who isn't didn't just uh, you know put in work in in an off season. It sounds like a guy and look, it's a, you never know, you're not with him 24/7, but it really does sound like a guy who's really reassessed his life. And everybody knows that Safarian Jenkins has a lot of athletic ability. He was a very highly regarded tight end by many people, including myself, when he was drafted out of Washington back in 2014, and he really has not put it together. There were a few flashes in Tampa. I think he's got a real chance to make a difference with this Jets team, because you look at this offense, there's really nothing in the way of proven receivers, so there's not really going to be anybody eating up a lot of targets. Um, if you're talking about playing an unproven quarterback, and look, Josh McCown may end up starting this team at the beginning of the season, but an unproven quarterback, a big tight end can be a nice option to have. It can be a nice security blanket. And the Jets don't really have much else at the tight end position. Yes, I, I know you're going to say that they drafted Jordan Leggett, but Leggett's a fifth-round pick. It's tough to ask a fifth-rounder to come in and contribute immediately, particularly at a position like tight ends. Tight ends are a position where it's difficult to make a transition. Look at the top tight ends in football. Very few of them were really impact players their rookie year. At best, they were supporting parts who caught a ball here or there. If you look at the best tight ends in the league, they really did not put up great numbers their rookie year. Look at some of the best receivers in the league. They were difference makers, best wide receivers, but best tight ends are generally just kind of ancillary parts on offense. So I think there's a real opportunity there. It's kind of the perfect storm where you don't have a lot of guys eating up those targets. You don't have a lot of competition at the position. Um, you're looking somewhere for some some source of reliability on offense, and you have a guy who you, know, you hope has turned his life around. So I think all this could add up to Safarian Jenkins having a better season than people expect. And, you know, the other aspect of this is that he's in the fourth year of his career. This could be a make-or-break year for him. He puts together a good season. He could be looking at a nice second contract. He, If he doesn't, he could be looking at a training camp invite just without any guarantees to make a roster in a year. So certainly plenty of motivation there on, on all ends for Safarian Jenkins. So he'd be the guy I'll pick on offense. Now, on defense, I'm going to look at the safety position. I'm going to go with Rontez Miles. And Miles is a guy, it feels like the, he's been with the Jets forever. Um, the Jets signed him as an undrafted rookie in 2013. And he played for the practice, he played on the practice squad, developed there a couple years. Had a really strong preseason two years ago. And hasn't played a ton, but generally speaking, has looked pretty good. He's been a guy who's gone out, you, you know, he guy who's maybe not great in coverage, maybe doesn't have a great feel for coverage, but just has a real nose for the football. Just when the ball's in front of him, he knows how to go get it. And that uh, culminated last year in a really solid performance, Week 16 at New England. And Jets did not play a very good game, to say the least, that day. 
Uh, it was a brutal Christmas Eve performance. And Miles was one of the few bright spots in that game. And part of the reason I'm going with Miles is just you look at the safety position and you got two rookies back there. So I think Miles may end up playing a bigger role than people expect. I think the Jets may show more three safety looks than you expect. And I think Miles might get playing time because I don't know that the Jets want to go with two rookies full time in the back of their defense. I think, you know, I think Marcus May and Jamal Adams are going to get plenty of playing time. I think they'll probably be your two starters, but I think Miles will see some action. And of course, he figures to be the first guy off the bench in the event of an injury. So I think there are going to be plenty of opportunities for Miles to play. And he's looked solid. You know, there are lots, there's a lot to like about him when he's uh, played. So I think, you know, he may see more action than you're expecting. And I think he's shown some degree of ability for this team when he's played. Again, I, I, I worry about him being exposed, playing a full assortment of snaps, but I think he, I don't think he's going to see that. But I do, I do think he's going to be a guy who plays relatively frequently. You know, your third safety in the NFL these days can be an important role player for your team. So I, I would not be surprised to see that with Rontez Miles. And my third guy, I'll give you a guy on special teams, and that is the new kicker, Chandler Cantazero. And now he's got to beat out Ross Martin for the kicking job. And, of course, Martin last year was the competition for Nick Folk. And he was looking good in practices. And in the preseason games, he really struggled. He, you know, I don't know whether it was nerves. I don't know what it was. But he had a really tough time kicking in NFL stadiums once the uh, preseason started. So he's going to get another. He's going to get another another chance this year, and you know sometimes it clicks after a year. You know I'm not going to rule Martin out, but I would. I do think that the veteran, who the Jets signed from Arizona, um, in the offseason, uh, Chandler Cantazaro, is probably the favorite to win the kicking job. Uh, he's coming off a rough year with the Cardinals, where he only made seventy five percent of his field goal attempts, and that's not very good. You know you may say, well, it's three out of four, but you look at kickers, that's that's not good. The reason that I'm pick, I'm going with him is that that was his third year in the league. The other two years, he's he's excellent. He made 87.9 as a rookie percent of field goals, 90.3 his second year. Those are two excellent figures. Now you look at what happened with Arizona last year. They had a very unstable special teams group, and their and particularly their long snapper situation was a mess. And I know that you can write that off as a as an excuse. Um, you know, many times the Jets will bring some guy in and. His past struggles are excused, you know, blamed on factors beyond his control. I'm not going to do that here because he did miss some kicks he should have made, but I did catch a decent percentage of of Cardinals games last year, and I do think some of the misses were on the long snapper. And you know, place kicking is require is such a rhythm, it, it's such it's such a rhythm action where you need to, you know, the snap needs to be on time because otherwise, you know, you mess up your swing if the ball's not there on time. Um, because it you know, messes with your rhythm. And there were definitely t- points where I watched them where he was hurt by the long snapper. And, they, they, again, they had an unstable situation. They brought they a number of guys come in during the course of the season. So it was an issue. But the other reason I, I would go with him as a bounce-back candidate is just there's not a big sample size when it comes to field goal kick, kicking. And you know, one a couple of misses here can destroy your stat line for the season. And let me tell you what I mean by that is he was 21 of 28 last year. Okay, so that's 75%. That's not very good. 
if he had gone 25 for 28, he would have been around 90%. It was just a little short of 90%, which is where he was his first two seasons. That's four kicks. So that's essentially one field goal attempt every month. That just shows you, you know, you can't go crazy. with Most place kickers, there's not really a big difference between them. Now, listen, if you're going to give me a guy who's as clutch as Adam Vinatieri, who's just make, who just never misses a clutch kick, that's one thing. Going with a guy like Justin Tucker, who never misses, okay, that's one thing. You know, Dan Bailey, who never misses, you know, and just hasn't missed for year, you know, years and years and years of excellent kicking. That's one thing. The rest of these guys, they're, they're very interchangeable across the league. Now, any team that has a kicker for a long time, that kicker tends to become beloved, and the fans develop an attachment to that guy, and I think that happened with Nick Folk. He made a, he made a number of big kicks through his Jets career. He was fine. There was nothing wrong with him, but he certainly was not on that level, that top-tier level, and I think he could switch Folk out with any number of guys because lots of kickers make a lot of big kicks throughout the league. You know, if you're with a team long enough, you're going to make some big kicks for that team. So I don't think that there's really going to be much of a drop-off, if any. And I think you potentially this kicking situation actually could be a little bit better for the Jets this year. So that would be my third guy that I'll go with, and that will be all I have to say on this optimistic version of the Locked On Jets podcast as we roll towards training camp just a few days away. I'm John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you for tuning in today. This show is available on iTunes, Audio Boom, and Spotify, in addition to a few other places. So... Thanks for tuning in, and we'll chat again tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez, and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.